You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Toolstation Western League bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Good to speak to you again. How are you doing? Good. Yes, good. I had a had a very pleasant weekend. I took the girls down to uh, Devizes Town, oh, yes. where uh, where the visitors were the bishops of Lydiard. Oh. And um, yes, well, they they clearly had the Almighty on their side because they handed they handed out quite a um, quite a hammering to the home side, which um, which was a little bit depressing, but not not too depressing. It was a, it was a nice enough day. I saw some very nice people. We had a very nice time. The girls were happy, so that's what you know. That's the joys of going to watch um, uh, Western League football. But anyway, that's what it's all about. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. On this week's podcast, we hear from Stuart Henderson, the manager of Tavistock, and we also have an interview with Justin Flowers, the manager of Corsham Town. Uh, now, of course, normally we will kick off with um, uh, having a look at the fixtures on the Saturday um, just before the podcast is produced by Tom and myself. But um, actually, we're going to go back a little bit further in time to Tuesday, the 21st of January, with a very important game in the uh, first division. Uh, unfortunately, not a particularly big crowd for this midweek encounter between mm. two of our league's form sides, Well City and Longwell Green Sports, Tom, and a comprehensive result. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 4-0 win for for Wells. Um, yeah, as you say, I don't usually go over the, the midweek games, but this one did, did stand out. Uh, two of the top three playing, and it was, yeah, a really big win for, for Wells against the, the previous league leaders. Uh, 4-0 victory at home. Uh, Harvey Hadrill, he was really, uh, really impressive on, on Tuesday night. He scored twice. Uh, they led free at, by three at the break. Uh, Hadrill was then fouled in the box pretty late on. Didn't actually take the penalty. That fell to Harry Foster. Uh, their leading scorer of the season, and he he tapped that home, so make it four 0 in the closing stages, and uh, yeah, Wales pick up the uh, the the really well really impressive victory at home to Longwell Green on Tuesday night. And we'll have a look a little bit later in the podcast about how that affects the league tables, but we will now move on to Saturday the 25th of January, and we kick off with a seven-goal thriller in the Premier Division. It's the bottom-of-the-table clash. It was the game that I think you called out Mm. um, last week on the podcast, and it proved to be an absolute humdinger, didn't it, between Bridport and Odd Down. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to say most of my my predictions would would come off, and I always pick out the game of the week, but I think this might be a bit of a one-off. But there we go, yeah, a bit of a I wouldn't, yeah, relegation six-pointer maybe, and it was Bridport who, who ran out four free winners. Yeah, fantastic game. Obviously, lots at stake uh, at the bottom as well as at the top, uh, and uh, so it proved on Saturday. Um, to- Tony Pinder scoring a hat-trick for Bridport in this victory. Uh, they had to come from behind uh, to beat Odd down, though. Uh, Pinder had put them, uh, uh, got them back on level terms after Anthony Conradi had uh, put Odd down ahead. Uh, and it was then the Bath side who went, uh, retook the lead, uh, Elliot Duggan, making it 2-1. Uh, but then 11 minutes of, of madness, really, uh, during the second half, around the around the midway um, midway point of the second half, uh, completely turned the game in Bridport's favour. Uh, Pinder scoring twice, and there was also a goal from Lewis Clark. Uh, so make it 4-2. Uh, Odd Down did manage to, to pull a goal back uh, 10 minutes from time through Lewis Ellington, but it wasn't to be. Uh, for them, and they, yeah, they fell to a 4-3 defeat, but a, a really big three points for, for Bridport. Absolutely difficult time for the Bath side, but um, Bridport, they're 
well, earning a, a rare a rare win and in quite spectacular style as well. Um, now, we move on to another one of the teams that we feature quite regularly uh, on the podcast because they have been in very good form, and that very good form continued. It was Shepton Mallet. They were at home to Roman Glass St. George. Yeah, doing doing fantastically well, uh, Shepton Mallet at the moment. And, uh, yeah, home game for them uh, against the bottom half side, so you think they'd probably uh, ease to another victory, but they did, um, did fall behind in this one. Roman Glass uh, leading... Leading pretty early on, uh, but Shepton managed to hit back just before half time to, to take the game uh, to take the game level uh, at the break, and that was Asa White uh, heading home uh, from a Craig Loxton corner, as I say, to make it one all just on half time. Probably a pretty pretty crucial goal in the grand scheme of things uh, to make uh, to give uh, Mallet a foothold going into the second half, and from there, yeah, they pushed on. Final 15 minutes, and they scored three, so they really did. Uh, run away of it in the in the closing minutes. Uh, Jack Fillingham having an excellent season. He's back uh, back on form. Uh, he scored uh, to make it 2-1 to give them their first lead of the afternoon. Uh, and then it was two two really late goals from Aaron Sevier, uh, adding the finishing touches uh, to uh, to another win for Shepton Mallet. Where Shepton Mallet go, Tavistock are sure to follow, and that is definitely the case on this week's podcast. Tavistock are our last Premier Division featured match. They were at home to Cribs and uh, won that game quite convincingly. Tom. Yeah, another oh well, really impressive win for Tavistock. That is 11 league wins on the spin. So they, they're as in form as any side in the division. There's lots of strong Premier League out, uh, Premier Division outfits uh, at the moment, and Tavistock are, are definitely right up there. And obviously they've got goal scorers like Jack Crago and Jordan Anir both on the score sheet again on Saturday. And there's also a goal for for Ben Cross. But yeah, with the likes of Crago and uh, Anir leading the line. Uh, Tavistock are going to be, uh, yeah, they're going to be big players in the second half of the season, I think. And uh, yeah, 3-0 win over Cribs. We heard from Stuart Henderson, the Tavistock manager, very early on in this season's podcast, because, of course, Tavistock were a new club. Tavistock are now coming up to the halfway point in terms of the number of games that they've played this season. So I thought that was a good opportunity to get Stuart's reflection on how his side have settled into life in the Toolstation Western League. And we started off by talking about that impressive victory at home to Cribs. Not the first 10 or 15 minutes, for some reason we were a little bit slow coming out of the block. I'm not sure why, because we're normally quite good starters. But um, once we got the goal, first goal kind of settled us down. And then arguably, the sort of like 15, 20 minutes leading up to half-time, where we scored two goals, it's, you know, we scored two and created two or three other good opportunities. So we had sort of like a 15-minute, 20-minute spell that I was really pleased with. You've been on good form for quite some time now. You were unbeaten in the league since October. You're, you're six in the table. Um, had you hoped that you'd be higher at this stage in the season? Um, no, not at all, really. I mean, you know, we've won 12 games on the spin, um, 11 of those being in the league. Um, we had, obviously, a, a great run in the FA Cup, which, you know, we went further than any team, I believe, in this area of the country. Um, so... I think at one stage we were like on 16th, 17th because we were so far beyond with our games. But, you know, we targeted a top six finish coming into the league. And, you know, um, I think that's kind of realistic. Um, as people like locally, you know, saying that we're going to challenge Parkway for the title. But um, I don't really see it like that. I feel that, you know, now we're pretty much playing two games a week. Every 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 week to the end of the season, and that's without cup games. Um, so I just feel that you know if we win our game in hand with five points 
off Bradford and Parkway, and I think three points from Exmo. So, you know, we're, we're in the right area of the table, and um, I just would be happy with the top six finish, and anything else is a bonus, really. Well, even if um, the comparisons with Parkway, who of course been in, who have been in the league a season longer than yourselves, um, is something that you're not necessarily looking at. People will have taken a look at that Boxing Day result, um, which was very impressive. I'm, I'm sure it was it was very welcome for your for your fans. But you, you must have been pleased with that performance as well. Obviously, comparisons will be drawn with Parkway because they're our near neighbours. Um, you know, we both come from the Peninsula League and, you know, we won it two years out of three and the year they won it, we were runners-up. And that season when we played each other, um, you know, they beat us on the Boxing Day, we drew on the Good Friday and we beat them in one of the Cups. So there isn't a lot between the two teams. You know, I feel that when we've got everyone available, then, you know, I feel confident competing with anyone in the league. Um Parkway, Bradford, Exmouth, you know, I'm, I'm confident that we'll give anyone a good game. But, you know, as any other manager will tell you, the, the times that you've got everyone available is very few and far between. And, you know, we're running on a squad of 16 players and nine times out of ten you've got two or three missing for different reasons. And, um, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of like pulling players from our second team to kind of make up a bench most weeks. So, um you know, yes, it's great to be talked about, but realistically, we've got to look at certainly behind the scenes and the fan base that the likes of Parkway and Exmouth have got, you know, uh, are considerably more than what we have at this moment in time. But um, the club are working hard to try and grow. And, um, you know, the, the, the club is supporting me and, um, you know, I'm grateful for that. Now, the last time we spoke, um, you were only just starting out on your journey in the Western League, but obviously you're now coming up to about the halfway mark in terms of the games you've played in the league. So have you found it harder than you, than you thought, or do you think, that, or, or has the, the Western League lived up to your expectations so far? I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. Like, you know, we played, obviously, um, Western League teams in kind of the Vars and FA Cup in previous seasons, and... The results have always favoured us, but it, it, you know they're one-off games, and this is a you know a 38-game season. And I think it's definitely harder than the Peninsula League. And you know I've spoken to, um, well, I speak to Lee regularly, and at Parkway, and you know I don't think you've got any easy games. Um, even the teams that are down the bottom of the league in terms of league placings, there isn't much between them and the teams at the top. Um, so I think in the, in the previous league, you had, you kind of knew sometimes that as long as you didn't have a terrible day in the office, you were going to get three points. Um, whereas that, that's not the case in this league. It is really, really competitive. And, um, you know, obviously the games we've lost, you know, we, we lost the bottom of the league, Wellington, albeit we rented a few players on that night because, um, we had the FA Cup game on Saturday, but even so we got turned over, um, which is, you know, which which can happen in this league. So it is more competitive. Obviously, the travelling does put demands on you, kind of like midweek. We're not getting back to sort of like one, have us one in the morning, and then people are up for work again, sort of like seven o'clock um, in the morning. So, yeah, it's definitely tougher, but we're enjoying it. We've been to some really good grounds, and um, 
you know, really good facilities and, um, you know, certainly we're enjoying it and um, glad we made the move. Well, you're right to talk about the travel, of course. It's one of the big talking points, particularly with more and more clubs coming from Devon into the Western League. But, of course, the other great talking point in the Western League at the moment, and in fairness across um, the country, really, in terms of grassroots football, is the number of postponements and the effect that the weather's been having. Now, you mentioned how many cup games you'd played earlier in the season and how that affected your uh, the number of matches you were able to play in the league. An analysis that I, I did, I had a look at your fixture list, and it looked like you played 24 games between August and November, 13 of which were cup matches. So if we look at the current sort of fixture backlog, and you're talking about playing two games a week at the moment, how do you feel from a manager's perspective um, that could have been helped if you had played more games earlier in the season when perhaps the, be- the weather was a little better? Yeah, um, one of the previous managers touched on that before. I, don't, I just don't understand it. I mean, we went the furthest, obviously, from our league in the FA Cup. You know, the likes of Parkway are still in the bars. Yeah, in August and September, we barely had any midweek games, so it doesn't make sense. you think they would load it up at the front end of the season when the pitches are fine and the light evenings to get kind of ahead of the schedule. You've only got to like compare it to some of the other leagues where that's sort of like six or seven games in front of us. So, yeah, I don't, you know, there must be a reason why they don't do it. Um, but the logical explanation would be to, you know, play more evening games at the start of the season to get ahead. And even with so many games that you played, obviously because of your success in the cup competitions, and I suppose part of that was about replays as well. Would would you have been worried about player burnout had you have had more more mid midweek games to play? Well, no, because it's you know eventually it's, it's still the same number of games you know you're going to play over the course of the season. So if you're playing more at the front, you'll be playing less now. You know, certainly from my point of view, I'd much rather have more games in the early part of the season rather than you know now. I think we've had three games called off in the last sort of like month. So yeah Well, on the subject of more games at the start of the season, you couldn't have played anybody more this season than Shepton Mallet, and you've got them up next. Now, has it got to the point where this has now become a bit of a bit of a problem for you in some respects? Because I know they're desperate to get a result against you, and there are a team, of course, having played them so often now. I mean, is it a case that you know you can sort of know an op- you can know an opponent too well? Yeah, definitely. They're a good side. They're a good side. You know, um, when we played them. Um, in the league down at our place, there wasn't much between between us. Then in the in the Vars, we were three one. Up. They were three one up, but we had missed a hat full of chances. We scored two late goals to force a replay, and then won the replay. And it was a tight game, so we know we're going to be in for a tough game. Um, and they, you know, they know that they'll be in for a tough game. As simple as that, and. Both teams are on form. It should make for a good game, but like you rightly say, we've us previously played them four times already, already this season. You know, their personnel, you know, like ours, you know, you have the old player that changed, but by and large, it's the same group of players. So you do kind of know each other's strengths and weaknesses and, you know, it'll, it'll be on the day, but we're determined to try and keep our good run going, just like they'll be determined to, you know, try and, sort of like make amends for the previous four games. 
and my thanks to Stuart for his time. Now, just before we move on to the first division, we did see some very big attendances uh, in the Premier Division uh, the, the weekend, which is great to see. A very big gate between Canesham and Hallen. Hallen continuing their good form with that 2-1 win. Uh, but no gates bigger than the um, than the game between Exmouth Town and Bridgewater Town. And I can do this match report without Tom's assistance because it was a nil or draw. Now, there was a time on the podcast when we, we used to make a thing about nil or draws. We don't do that anymore because we tend to talk about the more interesting games. But uh, we don't get many of them, it would be fair to say, in tool station football. And uh, on this occasion, I'm sure that the 200... Well, I, I don't know whether the 232 people went home happy or not because um, you can get some very entertaining nil or draws. But two very, very good sides there cancelling each other out in the Premier Division. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh, no. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat. At Toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Now, we will move on to the First Division, and we're going to kick off things with Almondsbury. Uh, they were at home to Bristol Telephones. Very much needed three points uh, for Almondsbury. They've been having a pretty rough time of it over the turn of the turn of the year, uh, turn, the, uh, turn of the decade, I suppose, and, yeah, without a, without a win in quite a while. Uh, but that changed on, on Saturday, a 4-0 victory at home to the uh, Bristol Telephones. Uh, scoring twice in either half, the home side. So, uh, yeah, good all-round performance. Uh, Dan Lane and Alex Biss putting them uh, two goals ahead at the interval. Uh, and then it was Ashley Knight and Sam Rawlings uh, wrapping up victory, uh, both both scoring with lobs in the second half. So uh, a good afternoon for Almondsbury, uh, who ran out 4-0 winners. Now, our next feature game was another one of the matches that we called out on last week's podcast. Uh, top of the table clash between Corsham Town and Radstock Town. Radstock hadn't played for a while and probably wished that this game had been postponed as well because it was the Wiltshire side who ran out the victors. Mm, it was, yeah. Uh, leapfrogging uh, Radstock in the, in the process as well. Good win for Corsham. And, uh, yeah, it was the second half that, that proved crucial here. Uh, two goals uh, in, in pretty quick uh, succession just after the after the interval for Caution. Uh, a 50th minute lead, uh, Josh Bright. Uh, he burst through before curling the ball home to, to put them in front. Uh, yeah, and after uh, after Bright had put them ahead, it was Ashley Alchin. Uh, he doubled the uh, doubled the advantage uh, after pirouetting uh, his way past a couple of defenders. It sounds like a, a really good goal. So, uh, yeah, try and check that one out if you can. But uh, Caution, yeah, taking a, a 2-0 lead, and that was how it remained. So, uh, yeah, beating Radstock and, as I say, going ahead of them in the, in the league as well. So a good afternoon for Caution. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast, Justin Flowers, the manager of Corsham Town. Justin, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to speak to us. Three wins and a draw, that's not a bad way to start 2020. Yeah, um, yeah, we've had a really good start. I think even if you go a little bit further back, I think we've got um, one defeat in, in 10 now and two draws and you know seven wins. So we're, we're sort of flying at the moment and, and we're on a, on a good run. So we're really happy the way it's going and we're just sort of hoping that we can carry on as the, you know, as the season goes on really and, and see where we can finish, I think. Well, the fact that you've played four times already this year must be a positive given the weather that we've been having. Yeah, definitely, obviously. There's so many different, um, you know, different numbers of games all the teams have played in the league so it's so difficult to sort of gauge where you are really because, you know, a good example of that is we played Brad 
they played six games less than us, I think. So yeah, it's all up and down, but we've managed to have games on. You know, we had a game at Lebec went on the on the 4G with every other everyone else was off, and we're sort of you know we we played a lot more games, but we've been winning them. So it's, it's good to sort of win your games and hope that teams in and around you sort of beat each other or don't win their games or whatever. So yeah, I think it's best to play the games, especially if you can sort of be lucky enough to win them like we have. I think it puts us in a good position. Definitely. Well, you were in winning form at the weekend. How happy were you with the performance on Saturday? Well, yeah, yeah, really happy. It was one of our best performances since I've been in charge. I think they're, they're a very, very good team. Um, they gave us a bit of a hiding at the start of the season. Um, and even last year when we got a point over their place, they were very, very good on the day and we, got, we were lucky to get that. So we changed the way we played. We played very solid, very defensive in the first half and they were a lot better than us. Well, I wouldn't say a lot better. They were just—they had a lot more of the ball in the first half without sort of troubling our keeper. Um, and then second half, we sort of came out and changed a couple of things, and, and we ran out deserved winners. And, and they're a very good team, and, and it, it, to beat them at any point is really good. But the way we did it, you know, we scored two good goals, kept a clean sheet, had more chances to, to get other goals in the second half. And, and like I said, there—if they'd won all their games at hand before the weekend, they, they'd be top. So you know, I know you, you, not every team's. They're definitely going to win their games at hand, but it shows, you know, the where they are in the league. And I would have thought if I had to get myself in this top four this year, so to be as convincing as we were on the day, um, just shows how good we can be when we, you know, when we're up for it and when we're on a good run. So it was, um, yeah, really happy to be a side uh, that good. Well, that's lofty praise indeed. I think I've been watching Radstock for many years, and I always get very nervous that they they get very Radstocky. Um, which is uh, you know, which is sort of inconsistent. Which of course is a hallmark of of a fair few teams. It would be fair to say in the uh, in the in the first division. But um, Longwell Green are also going for a, a little bit of a, a funny patch. Um, but if we think about the other sides that are sort of going to be fighting it out at the top of the um, at the top of the table, um, your near neighbours Khan they're going very well at the moment. You know they are doing well. Fair play to them. They're just on a roll, and you can tell with the, you know they're picking up some really good wins. You know they went. You know, just off the top of my head, they went away to Sherbourne and won right at the end. They beat Wells at the weekend. And like I was praising um, Bradstock a minute ago, Wells I was really, really impressed with. Um, and that one defeat we had in the 10 was the count. Um, and on the day, they, they deserved the win. So, yeah, they're a very, very solid team. Um, they've got a lot of, you know, they've got good goal threats and um, they're doing really well. So, sort of fair play to them. Well, that's enough of the teams around you. Let's have a look at where you are in the league. You're, you're up to sixth. G- given that we're sort of around the midpoint, um, of the uh, of the season, what what do you think you can achieve this campaign? Well, it was we, we always wanted to get promoted and finish top four. You know, the, it was a lot better from the league that we knew everyone knew where they stood at the start of the year in terms of where you had to finish. So it set everyone a you know a target and a goal, and I think that was a lot you know the same for a lot of other teams around. You know, top four, any, you know what it's like in this league. Anyone can sort of come late at the end of the season, like we did last year, and we finished third. And other teams will be hoping they can do that. So. We always wanted to do that and try and push up as far as we could and then we had a really bad start to the season and we fell away. Um, but now we, we're sort of doing what we did last year. The second half of the season, we're sort of on a run and we're just hoping to sort of stay under the radar and see where it can take us. You know, we're, I'm very aware that it can soon change again and, and we might not finish top four, but we're always that's always been the aim, even when we weren't doing very well um, and it's still the aim now. So I know it's a bit of a cliche, but we'll just take each game as it comes and that's really working for us at the moment. We're sort of going along and winning really difficult games um, and the momentum with the squad and the field it just feels good around the squad everyone seems to turn up on the match there and feel like we can win and 
If you were able to make it into the top four, do you think that the club is ready for promotion? Personally, I do. Um, I, I back up, you know, obviously you would look to strengthen and things like that, but with the squad I've got now, I'd be more than uh, confident that we could, you know, hold our own in that league. It'll obviously it'll be a lot tougher and there's a lot, some really, really good teams in that league, but you look where Keynesham are doing, how well they're doing in that league and they're, you know, they're nowhere near the bottom, they're right in and amongst the middle of the table, so it just shows, I think, if you can keep it together and so everyone's sort of going in the right direction, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be ready for it, and I do think, you know, maybe biasly, but I do think Corsham is a prem standard club, I think it's been out of that division too long, so it's always going to be the aim, and I'm sure we do, um, you know, we do our best, and, and I'm confident we do, we do all right if we got there, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're, we're talking about um, the potential for, for going into the um, Western League Premier Division, but given everything we know about the Football Association's reorganisation programme, is the prospect of being moved into a different league something that you'd considered? Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it always gets spoken about. Um, personally, it's something I wouldn't want, um, but I'm very aware that that isn't our choice. So if we did have a choice, we'd love to stay in the Western League. I, I just think it's a great couple of divisions and you know the good rivalries you have around everywhere around Wiltshire and stuff and to start splitting that up um, would be a shame um, from what I hear and what you sort of hear on the grapevine it sounds like it will end up that way eventually whatever but you know you look at someone like Malmesbury they didn't go up but they got pushed aside anyway so whether even if you don't get promoted you might get moved across but that's something we'll just have to deal with if it happens um, obviously if you win the league you go into the Prem um, so that would be ideal but obviously that would be very tough from this point in but we'll just take whatever comes really when it's out of our control we'll just sort of see what happens and go from there well, one thing that is definitely in your control is your performances on the football pitch. And uh, up next, you've got Bishop's Lydiard. And having had a look at them in a pretty ruthless display at Devizes on Saturday, this might not be a great time to be playing them. No, I know. Um, but, you know, they're a team that have definitely picked up from last season. Um, you know, we went there and won convincingly last year, but I know it won't be like that this year. They've had some really, really good results and they seem to score a lot of goals as well. Um, I went to watch a game as well last year when they beat Chippenham Park I think they scored five or six and they definitely got players who could hurt you so we've just got to make sure we sort of play like we have been playing um, you know Radstock are a good side and we, and we beat them and you know I know that if we can be solid defensively you know we've conceded in the nine games we've picked up points we've only conceded four goals and, and then we conceded the two against Count so in the ten games it's six goals and that's really good numbers so if you can keep clean sheets and not concede many goals we've got players who can score you know score goals as well so we'll just hope that that'll be enough on the day to beat them but yeah it's definitely going to be a tough trip down there now, just before I let you go, Justin, um, I was um, sad to read on social media over the last um, couple of days an announcement that um, that called time on the uh, the tenure of Chris Perry, your chairman um, at, at the club. Um, obviously, Chris has done a great deal since um, um, since he took over. I think it's three years ago. Uh, I mean, from your perspective as manager, what, what's it been like working with him, and what what sort of legacy do you think Chris will will leave behind him at Corsham Town? Yeah, I mean, he's been superb for the club. I mean, just personally for me, he was, I think he, you know, he gave me the chance to become a first team manager when he was in charge. And, you know, I'm 
I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know what goes on in committee meetings and stuff like that. But I'm, I, my hunch is that if he wasn't there, I wouldn't have got the job. So, um, you know, I thanked him personally, but I'd like to thank him sort of publicly. I think he's been great for me. I've had a great relationship with him, but also just for the club. Whoever's been manager, you know, he's always had what's best for the club at heart. Um, you know, he's brought the under 18s back, and that was a huge thing that he wanted and I wanted, and it's really helped the club. You know, we've got youngsters playing for us now in the first team, loads of them playing in the reserves, um, and it just helps the future of the club. And I just think, generally, I think he's been brilliant. Um, and it'll be really sad to see him not be part of the club, really. I mean, he'll be there watching, which would be great, um, but he'll be missed for sure, definitely. Well, I'm sure he's enjoying your performances this season, and it does look like he's going to be going out with a bang. Justin, thank you very, very much for your time, and good luck for the rest of the season. Now, we'll move on to uh, Longwell Green Sports. Of course, they will undoubtedly have been smarting after that heavy defeat in midweek to Well City, who, in fairness, have been going well. Cheddar are a team that we expect a great deal of. They hadn't been going so well this season, certainly not by the lofty standards that they set themselves last season, but they put that right on Saturday, Tom. Yeah, they did. Uh, well, they, well, tough game for for Cheddar having to go to a, uh, as you say, a smarting Longwell Green side who, yeah, probably well, probably chomping at the bit to get out there again after after their disappointment on Tuesday. But uh, it was Cheddar who made a, a really good start. Uh, Ricky Bennett volleying home uh, from all of 30 yards, so uh, to put them ahead. And uh, yeah, that was that was how it stayed the whole time. So Cheddar managing to to keep a clean sheet uh, away at Longwell Green, who've now drawn two blanks on the spin. Uh, so yeah, tough times for for Longwell Green, but they've uh, yeah obviously with their excellent start to the season, they've put themselves in a position where where a couple of defeats um, won't hold them back too much if they can uh, get their form back. But uh, yeah, tough 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 week for them. But uh, yeah, really good win for Cheddar and uh, to hold out for for 85 odd minutes, I think it was. Um, yeah, really impressive uh, performance from them. And that was the biggest attendance in the first division as well on Saturday, Longwell Green at home. So I'm sure their fans will be hoping for better things to come in the coming weeks. Now we move on to Sherbourne Town. They were up against Bishop Sutton. Bishop Sutton not really enjoying the best of seasons, it would be fair to say. And that misery continued in a comprehensive win for the Dorset side. Yeah, they did. They did hold out for 45 minutes, though. It was uh, obviously, yeah, looking at the uh, the form guide and whatnot, you'd have thought. Uh, Sherborne, uh, easy home win, but uh, yeah, 45 minutes um, uh, went by and it was it was goalless at the break. So uh, Bishop Sutton uh, managing to hold out, but uh, yeah, Sherborne's uh, yeah class managed to, to shine through in the second half very much. Uh, Sam Farthing, uh, he eased their nerves, putting them ahead five minutes after the restart. Uh, yeah, and from there they they pushed on and uh, yeah added three more goals. Uh, Joe Smith uh, and then a late double from Anthony Heron, uh, leading Sherborne to a 4-0 win. And finally, Well City, of course, conquerors in spectacular style of Longwell Green um, earlier in the week. They came up against the league's top side, Carn Town, and this was a much closer encounter, Tom. Yeah, it really was. Obviously, uh, yeah, big week for Wales, a couple of big games uh, coming out on top in, in the midweek, but unfortunately unable to to back that up on Saturday afternoon against a, a good, uh, yeah, well, banging form Carn side, who, yeah, as you say, have now gone gone top following this victory uh, and it was yeah it was another game decided by an early goal uh, very much like the Longwell Green Cheddar one and it was Jamal Chevalo uh, fouled in the box he's having a, a good season uh, he was fouled in the box and uh, yeah he managed to, to slot home the resulting penalty um, and uh, yeah managed to, to hold out for 74 minutes with 10 men as well Carl uh, Matt Hudson red carded after just 16 minutes uh, but uh, yeah uh, Lily White's uh, bagging a, a really important three points 
and I did see from um, social media that a very special shout out was given to the Carntown goalkeeper um, who um, probably was instrumental in that shutout mm. that you described for so long in the game. So credit where it's due to Sam Thompson um, on um, on what I'm sure was another very important goalkeeping display for uh, for Carn Town. Uh, before we move on, just one notable mention, I think, to uh, Wincanton Town. Now, Wincanton's games are a little bit like buses. You wait an awfully long time for one and then two turn up at once, uh, which is exactly what happened this um, this week. Um, they played twice this week, won both games. They, they beat Almondsbury on Tuesday and then they won at home to Warminster uh, on Saturday. So um, I'm, I'm sure everybody at Wincanton is very, is very glad um, that, uh, that they're back up and running. Now then, we will move on to the up-and-coming fixtures um, starting this week. And really, as we always do, we'll turn our attention to um, Saturday. And of course, on this occasion, Tom, it is the 1st of February. We've virtually seen off um, January, uh, would you believe it? Um, which um, games in the Premier Division have caught your eye? I don't want to make it too much of a Tavistock-centric podcast, but I've plumped for them again. Uh, a home game for them, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, 11 11 league wins on the bounce, so uh, yeah, they're growing great guns at the moment, and they come up against the Shepton side, who we've uh, equally mentioned have uh, yeah done really well themselves. They've won eight of their last nine in the league, with that other other fixture was a draw, so they're unbeaten in nine. Um, uh, yeah, and they're in fourth, so this is a massive game just below the top top three, who obviously have pulled away a little bit, but these these two are the the certain chasers, uh, and uh, yeah, Shepton Mallet definitely uh, with a uh, with a Probably a little eye on the the 4-0 uh, reverse that they suffered at the hands of uh, Tavistock a couple of months ago. So, uh, yeah, um, certainly a, a big, big game there on Saturday uh, down at Tavistock. Absolutely, of course. That was the, the talking point when we spoke to Craig Loxton a couple of weeks ago on the on the podcast. They've played each other an awful lot, but that doesn't seem to have diminished the mm. competitive spirit between those two sides, as, um, as, we've, as we've heard today. Uh, now, the game I'm going to go for is Buckland Athletic against Bitten. Obviously, we're well aware of the, the pedigree of Bitten. Buckland are a real handful at home, as everybody knows. So I think that that will be a very interesting and competitive encounter uh, in Devon. And uh, we'll move on to the first division. Tom, what game has caught your eye there? I've gone for Bishop's Lydiard versus Caution this week. Obviously, Bishop's Lydiard uh, off the back of a, a big win, which you were at on, on Saturday afternoon against Devizes. 4-0 uh, uh, victory for them. And, they, yeah, they've had a few uh, pretty pretty decent victories of late. They are a team that um, once they sort of get one or two goals, they don't stop there. They generally go for 3-4-5. So, uh, yeah, pretty free-scoring side. Uh, but they take on Caution. Uh, up into sixth and obviously on the back of a, a big win themselves last weekend. So, uh, yeah, that should be a, a pretty good tie, I reckon. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to correct you. It's not often that I do this. Oh. But, uh, well, you said Bishop's Lydia won 4-0 against Devizes. Ah, and I and I and I, I'm going to correct you because Devizes scored. Do. They did. Yes, they did. Um, let's not take that away from us. We were, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was there was a lot of enthusiasm came from that goal. So, actually, interestingly enough, it came at quite an interesting point of the game because <laughs> um, it, it really did feel like the whole thing was done and dusted. And that one goal made the home supporters believe that that hope might be hope springs eternal. Sadly, it wasn't to be the case. And in fairness, it was a very efficient performance and by Bishop's Lydia because Devizes did rally and um, when they got um, when they got a goal back and um, and Bishop's Lydia really saw out the job. So now I think you're absolutely spot on with that. It'd be very interesting to see how two sides sort of on an upward 
curve of form, mm. um, you know, who comes out on top there. I'm going to go for another game that um, the reverse fixture of which I saw earlier in the season, Cheddar against Radstock Town. I do fear that Radstock are going to have a wobble, um, partly because they haven't played for a while, so they might well be a bit rusty. Also, um, obviously, the, the weather we've been having, the pitches aren't, you know, great, so it might not suit their style of play. That's that is that's historically been a concern for them. Cheddar, really, we're, I'm expecting them to come from the pack, as we know, it's going to be the top four that go uh, that get promotion this season from the first division. Both of these sides very much in the mix. I expect this to be competitive. Games between these two sides always are, because of course they're near neighbours in Somerset, and Cheddar will not have forgotten um, the game that Radstock came from behind to win at South fields earlier this season so I think that um, they'll certainly have a point to prove and um, it would be very interesting to see the psychological reaction that Radstock have from that defeat against Caution. Right then, we have rounded up the fixtures and the results of course um, this week. We will take a look at the league tables because we did the goal scorers last uh, last week and things are starting to look rather interesting. Um, we've uh, well, take us through the runners and riders at the top of the Premier Division Tom. Sure, we'll do. So, uh, yeah, we've got Bradford uh, still on top. 20 games played for them. They've got 52 points. So they've, uh, yeah, they've broken the 50-point the barrier. They're the first side to do that this season. Uh, we've then got Plymouth Parkway uh, in, in second. They've played 19 matches. Uh, they've got 49 points, so obviously game in hand and three behind. So, uh, yeah, still very much uh, in touch with, with Bradford. Uh, you've then got Exmouth, further two points back. They've also played 19. They've got 47 points. Uh, and then, yeah, a couple of the teams that we've we've mentioned quite a bit today. Uh, Shepton Mallet, they've played 22. They have 45 points. Uh, Hallen also, uh, identical record there. 22 uh, played 45 points. And then uh, Tavistock, the uh, yeah, banging form. Uh, Tavistock side, 19 games they've played. They've got 44 points. Uh, so, yeah, still very much uh, in touch with the, the top side. So that's how the uh, top of the Premier Division took him. Yeah, it's both Shepton Mallet and Hallen, of course, vying for that um title as the Leicester City of the of the Western mm-hmm. League. Um, if we look at the other end of the Premier Division, it makes grim reading for Odd Down. Um, they're at the bottom, play 23, they've got 10 points, although only a point above them, having played a game more, are Wellington. Um, they're on 11 points. And then there's a five-point gap to Chipping, Sodbury and Bridport, who are pretty much equal in their records. There's only three goals in terms of the goal difference separating um, those two sides. So Bridport and Chipping, Sodbury locked in 18th and 19th respectively. And then there's an even bigger gap. We're looking at a seven-point gap to Cribs in um, in 17th. So leagues within leagues, as we always like to say. Mm-hmm. And um, that's your, your sort of your, your bottom four there, starting with Bridport at the Premier in the Premier Division. Now moving on to the First Division, and um, we've eulogised about them um, uh, this week on the podcast, and it's um, Carn Town taking it away at the top there, Tom. Yeah, we do have new league leaders uh, from this time last week. We've got Calm at the top. Uh, they've played 20, so we're into the, the second half of the season now. Uh, played 20, they've won 14 of those, and they're on top with 44 points. They've then got Longwell Green, uh, 22 games played for them, they're on 42, so they're two off the top. Uh, you've then got Wells, uh, 21 games played, they're on 41, which is exactly the same as Sherborne in fourth. Uh, so those two teams, uh, only three off top spots, so uh, yeah, still still in, in touching distance. Uh, you've then got Ashton and Backwell uh, on 39 points, they've played 21 games as well. Uh, and then you've got Corsham and Radstock, the two teams we, we mentioned, obviously took, took each other on, on, on the weekend. 
Uh, caution, they've played 22 matches for their 36 points. Radstock only 17 games played for them so far. And they're on 34, so they're two behind, but they've got five games in hand on Caution. So, uh, yeah, uh, a big few weeks ahead for, for Radstock with the, with the, with the fixtures uh, coming thick and fast, I imagine. And at the bottom of the first division, Bristol Telephone still there, uh, played 20 matches. They've got eight points, four points above them are Bishop Sutton. They've also played 20 games. And then three points above them, Devizes Town. They're on 21 played. And then again, there's another seven-point gap now between Devizes and Welton Rovers. De- uh, Welton have played 22, and they've got 22 points. Uh, the same number as Almondsbury, who have played three games less. They're also on 22, as are Portishead. Um, so that's the bottom of the first division. Tom, thank you very much for your time Pleasure. Uh, this week. Uh, and of course, as we always do on the uh, on the Western League podcast, we do like to draw attention to your excellent bulletin, just in case any of the listeners out there haven't had a chance to have a look at this week's edition. Where can they find it? Uh, that is on the uh, on the website. Uh, it's uh, there's a tab along the top that takes you to the uh, yeah the most recent uh, bulletin, and you can download that as a Word and a PDF uh, in format. Excellent stuff. Well, Tom, thank you again for your time this week. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.